This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, May 21st, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. The federal government doesn't just get involved with handouts to individuals and corporations. They also subsidize state-level activities. That changes the incentives for many state governments, often in negative ways. Chris Edwards is author of the new Cato Report, Restoring Responsible Government by Cutting Federal Aid to States. It's available today at Cato.org. Over and above what uh, the federal government provides to individuals in terms of uh, transfer payments, what does what do the feds provide to states in terms of transfers? Well, we have a giant budget deficits in Washington, and the biggest problem are the two giant entitlement programs for old folks, Social Security and Medicare. But the second biggest part of the federal overspending problem is that the federal government is increasingly involved in spending on state and local activities through through so-called aid-to-state programs. So the federal government spends $750 billion a year on 1,300 different aid-to-state programs, including programs for K-12 education, and highways, and urban transit, and community development, and hundreds of other things. These activities uh, should properly be funded by state and local governments. And my new Cato study discusses 18 reasons why uh, federal involvement in these activities is detrimental, it's, uh, it's inefficient, and it's bad for American governance. Uh, just to jump onto that, certainly one of the reasons that uh, aid to states directly ought to concern people is that to the extent that uh, local agencies or state governments become dependent on uh, the flow of cash from the federal government, the federal government actually gains a lot of power uh, over the state's ability to conduct affairs as state legislatures see fit. That's right. I mean, over a quarter of state and local government budgets now are funded by the federal government. And the feds uh, use their power over that spending spending, uh, to control state and local budgets broadly. So decisions that used to be made by elected local officials are now made by unelected federal bureaucrats. The federal government uh, aid programs, they're the tail that wags the dog on control of state and local decision making. So this essentially disenfranchises uh, uh, citizens and residents uh, of the states. These unelected federal bureaucrats are increasingly controlling what their state and local governments do. So I, I think it's it's very uh, undemocratic. There's no advantage in moving all these decisions from the state and local arena up to Washington. You just get more bureaucracy, you get unresponsiveness, uh, and it undermines political accountability. When uh, every uh, level of government is involved uh, in an activity, then no level of government uh, is involved. Uh, when When you have problems and failures, like the Flint water crisis a few years ago or Hurricane Katrina uh, a decade ago, the the uh, the all three levels of government uh, are involved in these decisions, and so they all just blame each other for the failures. So uh, I'd like to see the three levels of government have their own uh, responsibilities uh, as uh, originally prescribed in the U.S. Constitution, sort of like a clean layer cake where each level of government has its own responsibilities so that the citizens know who is responsible for the spending uh, and taxing related to those programs.
one other related uh, issue to this is um, it's not strictly speaking giving Feds control over spending, but just by virtue that of the Feds offering money to states, it does pervert the ability of states to spend the way that they would see fit. Even if the even if the Feds aren't accruing power, they're certainly um, encouraging states to spend out of line with what. Uh, taxpayers and voters might want. That's that's exactly right. Uh, federal subsidies to the states, these 1,300 aid or subsidy programs, they distort the decisions the state and local policymakers are making. And a classic example of this uh, is that dozens of American cities have gone for these light rail systems when, in fact, uh, bus systems are almost always cheaper and more flexible and better uh, uh, systems of urban transit than the light rail systems. But the federal government dangles uh, billions of dollars to cities uh, to build these light rail systems. And so they make these expensive decisions uh, to, to spend on the less efficient system than the more efficient bus system. So I think the federal government does a lot of damage uh, by subsidizing state and local governments. It induces the politicians to make bad decisions. And uh, on specifically on rail projects, uh, when you, you mentioned that buses tend to be more uh, cost uh, beneficial uh, to local governments, uh, the feds don't pay to run them. They just pay to build them. That's exactly right. They, one of the problems has been that the federal government has, has, since the 1970s, has subsidized the capital costs of urban transit projects. So a typical city uh, considering how to expand their transit system would say, well, uh, we can get you know a small amount of money from the feds to expand our bus system. But or we can get a lot more money to expand a rail system because rail has a lot higher capital costs. But, you know, we see problems across the country now in both the light and heavy rail systems. They're breaking down. They have high maintenance costs. The operation costs are high. So cities have been induced to spend on these less efficient systems. Another problem I discuss in my new study that's related to this is that uh, federal aid to, uh, to airports and to urban transit systems only goes to government-owned airports and transit systems. And so this has discouraged cities from exploring privatization options. So, you know, and you can see the stark uh, uh, impact this has had. So most airports in Europe now are private, uh, commercial, for-profit, and unsubsidized enterprises. In the United States, uh, all our airports, over 400 of them, uh, the commercial airports, they're all government-owned. And why is that? Because cities get subsidies for government-owned airports. They don't get subsidies if they were to have uh, private airports. So federal subsidies induce cities uh, to have government-owned airports. This is true for urban transit systems, too. Before the 1960s, nearly all urban transit systems, trolley systems and bus systems were privately owned. The feds come in in the 60s. They start subsidizing government-owned transit only. And within a decade, virtually all the private transit systems have been wiped out. So I think federal aid or subsidies is really damaging to the decisions the state and local governments are making. Bernie Sanders recently uh, gave a speech related to education. And of course, as Neil McCluskey will point out to anyone who will listen, uh, the federal government has no constitutional role in ed- education in the United States. But Bernie Sanders, you know, w- you know, completely ignoring that, went out and said, look, we need to 
uh, place a uh, place limits on charter schools, which of course are authorized within states by states that are fun- that are largely run with uh, strings attached from the state government. That's what charter schools are. They are public schools. And uh, Bernie Sanders says, "Let's shut down essentially for-profit charter schools." And my first question is, how does the federal government do this? And to the extent that they're subsidizing uh, education in states, that they are, they have the power to pull that money back. That's right. One of the big problems with federal aid to state programs is that they get, uh, they come part and parcel uh, with federal regulations that try to micromanage what state and local governments do. You see this in K twelve education, as you noticed. Uh, uh, under the Bush, uh, George Bush administration, he tried to ram uh, No Child Left Behind rules and regulations on the states by threats of withdrawing federal aid for K-12 education. Then there, there's a big rebellion against that. And then the Obama administration tried to ram the Common Core standards down the throats of uh, the states, uh, again, with threats of withdrawing federal aid. So the, the federal government uses the spending as a, a means to uh, uh, to impose their top-down rules that are often costly on state and local governments. So that's part of the damage that these aid programs do. Another great example of this is that the federal government gives the states about $40 billion a year uh, for highways. The problem is that raises the costs of state highway construction because the federal, uh, with the federal money comes labor union rules, Davis-Bacon rules, that raise the costs of building highways. So the federal government, when it gets involved in state and local activities, it increases uh, their costs and it distorts the decisions the state and local governments are making. That's why I recommended my new Cato paper uh, that we should phase out ultimately all aid to state programs. I think the federal government has uh, has the constitutional authority to spend on something. Uh, it can and it should directly, but subsidizing state and local governments for their own state and local activities makes no sense to me. Chris Edwards is author of Restoring Responsible Government by Cutting Federal Aid to States, available now at Cato.org. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>